0: Good morning. Please
1: stand with me. Welcome to Advent. Sing with me. Teach you a song. It's going to be our theme through this Advent season. Just as we celebrate that God is with us,
2: goes like this: You are matchless in grace and mercy. There is nowhere we can hide. You are steadfast, never failing. You are faithful. All creation is in awe of who you are. You're the healer to the sick and the broken. You are comfort for every heart that mourns. Our Savior forever For eternity We will sing of all you've done For eternity We will sing of all you've done We sing God with us God for us Nothing can come again no one can stand between us god with us god for us nothing can come against no one can stand between us stand between us your heart moves your heart it moves with There is life, there is healing in your love. You're the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. For eternity, we will sing of all you've done. For eternity, for eternity, we will sing of all you've done.
3: As we begin the Advent journey and I look around me, the world seems to be wrestling with itself and is in complete chaos. Broken lives and broken people abound. Wars and rumors of war roar. Hate is everywhere you turn. People are caving to the pressures of the world around them. Individuals have lost sight of their dreams and God-given potential. The world and people in it are succumbing to the very things that they loathe brothers and sisters fighting against each other. Viruses, natural disasters, addiction, poverty, brokenness. The world is groaning and crying out for hope. Where is the hope? How can we survive? How will we make it through all of this and how can I make a difference? Here's the thing, friends. The world we live in is being bombarded. The battle is real. The strongholds of evil and the lies we're being told quickly change us into our own weapon that is lethal. The lies of the enemy abound. You aren't smart enough, pretty enough, rich enough, successful enough, not enough. Searching and longing for hope, we press on. Here is the truth, and I want to remind you today of it. Our battle is not of flesh and blood, but with principalities of good and evil. The enemy is a liar. But I know who I am. And more importantly, I know whose I am. So the time has come, friends. We need to remove these blinders that seek to distract us from pressing on towards the goal that is knowing Christ. If you will just remove these blinders and look. See the ugly, roaring head of death and brokenness that seeks to divide us. Not only from ourselves, but from the very giver of life, our healer. So be not dismayed. Have hope today and reject the lies of the world. The one who came through an everyday event as a babe so small and vulnerable has brought hope to the hopeless. He who brought wonder and awe into something so unexpected and routine as a stable, fully God, yet fully human. Christ showed up that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The darkness that envelops us and swirls in our midst stands no chance against the magnitude of light that now pours into this world. Have hope, because Christ has come. Christ is coming, and Christ will come again. Hear the word of the Lord. But this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him.
1: This morning, we light a candle. The light of the single flame is a reminder to us of the inbreaking hope that flickers in the darkness of our world.
2: We, have hope in the midst of the darkness.
4: we remember the hope that is all around us and us through Emmanuel,
1: God with us. We all hope that God is with us. We light this candle in remembrance of the Messiah who came but also with hopeful expectations of the return of Christ when all things will be made right.
4: We light this candle in the sanctuary yet we know that the light is not meant to be kept here in this place but that the hope of Christ is for the world around us as well.
1: May we all bring hope May the light of hope we light here be ignited in our hearts and carried throughout the world around us. Amen. Amen.
5: Pray your glorious kingdom will come, Father. We pray that your kingdom will come, that your will will be done, Father. In our hearts, in our lives, Lord, in the lives around us. May your presence be oh so real may we seek and yearn for your kingdom may we seek and yearn for your glory may we lift you up Lord knowing that you are God that if you are lifted up you will pour down upon us Lord this church this city this season this world to you Lord may we trust in you Lord may we understand your faithfulness Lord help us to know you more there's nothing greater than knowing you Lord and I pray that in this time in the busy seasons of everything going on Lord that we would find time Lord to just spend with you that we would find time to know you, Lord. That we would grasp the understanding that the time that we have here to live is so minimal to the time that we have forever with you. Lord, may we understand that we serve a God that deserves all the glory and all the praise. And Father, we give you that this morning over all things, knowing that you are a ruler over everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. And all the time? God is good. good. Guys, we, you know, I I love that statement. It's never said alone, just like I said last week. Uh, We serve God, and we serve Him not alone. And I, and I hope that as you look through your week and your life that you could see that you're not alone. That there is a God out there that has a people and that those people are with you and around you and here in this building this morning. And so we practice passing the peace. And the peace that we practice passing here at Port Orange Church of Nazarene is not like a, hey, what's up, peace. But it's a true peace that passes all understanding. That when... There might even be death in the family that you could be at peace. That when there might even be loss of income or hope in, in, a, in, a, in a desperate situation, you still could be at peace. And so that is the peace that we passed this morning. The one that is, the way that I like to describe it, is like the eye of the storm. Where something could even be going on all around you and you could still be at peace in your heart. And that peace is only given through Jesus Christ. And that is the peace that we passed this morning. And so may I be the first to tell you, may the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Go and pass that peace with one another.
0: These people,
1: where'd you go? My glasses are fogged up. Kevin, coming up. Y'all, we've been pay- praying for Kevin, who has been very sick, and, and he wants to, to share something. So,
6: well, I don't have it to share about myself indirectly, uh, as some of you. Know. Yeah. My mother has uh, come to the church. Oh, wait.
1: Hold on. Hold on. I want to be sure we hear it. Oh, yeah.
6: My mother lives in... Yeah, there we go. Yeah. My mother lives in Dayton, Ohio. And she's come down a couple of times, and I've brought her to church every Sunday. Uh, Growing up, she was... uh, We went to a Baptist church, and she was the teacher there, so of course I had to go, (laughs) being in school and everything else. And I'm glad she did that for me, Uh, set a foundation. But uh, she got sick after she left here and um, put her on the prayer list. Everybody's been praying for her, and the miracle is she had a blockage. It showed there in the x-ray. And uh, she was really sick, throwing up, couldn't get out of bed. And uh, after the prayers that uh, I said, the pastor said, and everybody else here said, once they put her in for the test uh, with meridium, they couldn't find anything wrong with her anymore. Praise God. She is back home. Recovering and feeling better, but prayer does work. The Lord does hear us. So I wanted to share that with everybody today.
1: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kevin. And Chances are she's probably watching because she watches just about every Sunday. And I know that hearing you testify is doing her soul really well. Um, my name is Garen. If I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors here. If I have met you, I'm still the pastor here. Um, don't know why I threw that in there. So <laughs> I have the joy of giving you a couple of announcements and I'm so excited for all that God is doing in this church and for some of the things that are coming up. So I wanted to share with you a couple of things. The first thing is we are starting a new series called Come Peasant King. It starts today. The, the first sermon today is going to be um, based loosely around the Advent reading that you have today in your book. If you're following along, it's a daily devotional. We still have four or five books left. We bought uh, a bundle, and, and if you would like one, we'd love for you to have one um, just so you could follow along. It's a daily devotion that helps you get into a rhythm of Advent, which, let's be honest, between the the overtime and the crazy hours and the frustration that you have as a customer or with a customer between family drama, between consumerism, between the chaos that happens between Thanksgiving and New Year's, we could all use about 10 minutes just to slow down. And so I highly encourage um, this book. That today's, today's lesson was spot on wonderful. And so if you need a book, we have a few left and we love for you to take one. The second announcement I have is simply this, Christmas offering. Um, Every year we, we give a Christmas offering and it starts the end of November and goes through December and we encourage our church to give generously because there are many that are in need and we have sent money to all sorts of places, different countries, different cities. We do something local, something within this church building, and then something missional. And I'm excited that next week we will have our missions focus. Her name is Dana Frenchetti, and she is starting a mission right outside of Orlando called Mission 210. It is a, a, a unique church planting model, and I'm excited. She's going to be here next week and have about 10 minutes to share with us, and hopefully that will just inspire you to give even more to the Christmas offering so that we can support this wonderful young lady who is venturing out on something that, quite honestly, can be scary, to try something new in a new city, and we want to bless her as much as we can. So, Christmas offering, you can give anytime, you can give online, just select Christmas offering, you can text give, just type in Christmas after your gift, you can give in by mail, or you can give in the boxes back outside, but I encourage you. I'll tell you what Jen and I do. I think, Justin, I think you said you do this too. We figure out about how much do we spend on our kids. You know, if it's 20 bucks or 100 bucks or 200 bucks, and we say, okay, let's try to match that and give to God. Or let's take what we would normally give, and instead of dividing it between my two girls, let's divide it in thirds, and we'll do with a little less so that there are others that are in need that can have what they need. And uh, so that's my challenge to you. I think it'll do you good if you try it. But you don't have to. Um, just really, really encourage you. And the last thing that we have is Sunday school, um, small group, life group. Different churches call it different things, but we are excited that Ken is going to be starting in January his class again. And if you haven't been in one of Ken's classes, you are missing it. Um, this gentleman understands how to bring the word. He is a teacher. He is. He knows his stuff and he is great. And we actually have the curriculum that we're going to be starting in January. And so if you're part of his class, I encourage you to grab your curriculum now. And if you would like to be part of the class in January and you think, hey, yeah, I might like a book, see Ken because we want to be sure that we have enough. And if we need to order more, we want to order them now. So uh, if you're not with us today, but you're online and you're normally part of this class or you want to join us, um, Sunday mornings from nine-ish to right before 10 before service starts um, you can email us at the office at ponaz.church or come to church next and see Ken and we'll we'll get it all worked out all right I think is that my last announcement all right that's it please
5: all righty we get to uh, continue in our uh, worship with tithes and offerings and um, I, I, I got to share testimony after hearing Kevin's My buddy, since we were 12 years old, you know, and I met him like we're walking down the street and then he like sees me like walking barefoot or something. He's like, hey, uh, do you play Yu-Gi-Oh? And I don't know if you guys know Yu-Gi-Oh. It's like a card game back in the days. And yeah, well, come on over. And I was like, all right, sounds good. I'm coming over. And we became friends since then. And it's he really is like a brother to me. It's like, you know, even when I go over his house sometimes, I don't even hang out with him. I'm just like, I'll just go there and just like watch TV or something, you know, not even hang out with him. I'll hop on the game and whatever the case is. Uh. Now yeah, he now he lives a little bit further away so we don't see each other as much, but he called me up the other day and uh he said, Justin, he said he said, uh, my mom's in the hospital, she's dying. And and you know, obviously you guys know, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic with COVID and she honestly is like when it comes to underlining conditions, she's the last person that should ever catch COVID and uh and she got it. And and like I said, he called me up and he said, Hey look, you know, she's dying. He said, th- he said, my, my dad can't even go see her. And my dad, you know, the, the doctor called my dad today and said, Hey, listen, um, she's got organ failure. Her organs are bleeding on the, uh, internally. And, you know, he's like, call everybody up and just let them know her time is coming. So they should, you know, prepare for it and get ready. And then a week goes by and I said, Hey, how is she? And he's like, well, the, the, ble- the bleeding stopped and, and all that, but then they're trying to get her on something else, but she's not stable enough and all that. And, uh, and I was like, okay. And then, Another week goes by, and I said, hey, how's she doing? And it was to the point where, like, I don't know how the whole everything works when somebody's on, like, you know, a breathing machine, but I guess there's, like, a certain time that they're required to keep them on that machine. Like, hey, we have to keep her on this machine for this long, and then if nothing, if she doesn't improve, then, you know, then we can take her off. And, you know, that's what they were waiting for. Then he finally calls me and says, hey, I think she's gone because my dad hasn't told me nothing, but he just got to phone with the doctor, and he's acting very weird. And I haven't gotten an update. And I call him yesterday, and he's like, oh, she's going to make it. She's out and she's doing better. And like, she's not at the hospital, but she's in the hospital, but she's awake. And, you know, she's got a long road to recovery, but she's going to make it. And I was just so blown away at God's faithfulness. And I was just like, man, even when, I mean, I was at a spot where like, I was like, I just need to, I need to start like, you know, I was like kind of thinking what I would say at her funeral. That's where I was at. Like I was like, I, I know I'm going to get up there and I'm going to tell them how she was like a second mom to me, you know, and she really was. And so it's just so amazing to see how faithful God is. And I'm also reminded, though, of those of other people who haven't made it through all this. And I want to remind you guys, you know, God is faithful in the good times and in the bad times. And so it's just so awesome to know that we serve a God that in the times that things pull through in what we seem to be the, what is right. God is faithful, and if something happens and it might not seem the way that we want it to be, God is still a faithful God. So hold on, stay strong, and know that this is why, you know, we come to this time where we get to give back to him as he's given so much to us. And so let's pray. Lord, bless this time that we have to be able to give back to you and your kingdom. Father, I pray that you would truly bless the heart of the giver, Lord, that we would give cheerfully this morning. Father, that that we would know that giving to you is not in vain, but Lord, you see our hearts. Bless this time that we have here. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are going to see a couple different ways here on the screen that you're able to give. Uh, You can give online, you can text give, as well as we have some drop boxes in the back for you on your way out. Thank you.
1: meant. All right, Kimmy. Kill all the lights for just a minute. Like even the trees. I just love this time. Uh, What a beautiful reminder of how fragile and resilient our faith can be. I was in a um a class a few weeks ago and they were talking about inside every spark is a forest fire and how we are called to be that spark that just ignites the world around us beautiful example of hope in All right. Okay. Enough of that. Thanks, Kimmy. So this is the first Sunday of the Christian calendar. I don't know if you knew we had a Christian calendar, but we do. And this is the first Sunday. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year. Seriously. All right. Thank you. For those of you that don't know, we begin our Christian calendar in Advent, and we go all the way to last Sunday, which was actually Christ the King Sunday, and we celebrate his triumphant return to be. Uh, But today, we start the process over again, and we begin with Advent. Advent may be a new term for you. A lot of times, you know, we just say, hey, it's the Christmas season, and we leave it at that. But Advent, um, we like to be intentional with our words around here, Um, Advent comes from the Latin word adventus, which means coming or arrival. And so we believe that there's this arrival that came 2000 years ago, but that there is also this arrival when Christ will one day return. Amen. But we also believe that we experience Christ when we turn to him even now, and there is this arrival in our lives even now when we allow it. So we have this this Advent, and and most of the time when we uh, do Advent, we're we're reading a lot from the prophets like Micah and Isaiah and those types of places, or we're reading like in Luke or or Matthew, or we're talking about wise men or shepherds and all that kind of stuff. Today we're going to be in kind of a different place. We're going to be in Psalm 25, which may not necessarily feel like an Advent passage, but it is today. This is a psalm by King David. Last week we talked about Solomon and the temple, and his father David was the greatest king that ever lived, um, ruling the nation of Israel for over 40 years. And this is one of the psalms that he wrote and so we're going to be reading verses 1 through 10. And it's actually, we lose it in the English translation, but it's actually a Hebrew acrostic. So if you know Hebrew and want to go back and look at it, it actually is an acrostic. Um, you can I'll let you figure out what the word is that it's spelling out uh, with those 22 verses. But we're going to start reading in verse 1 and read through verse 10. The words are going to be right here. If you want to read along with me, um, if you're visiting with us online, they'll be somewhere on your screen. So I I don't know where they'll take up the full screen or just a little portion of it. I don't know. I leave that up to the live streamers. Psalm 25, a Psalm of David. Oh, Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced. Or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you're the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your unfailing love. Last week we talked about the Hebrew word hesed. It's this unfailing love. It's this extreme kindness. Um, It's typically translated in English, mercy or compassion. Remember your hesed and your unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. And do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth, Remember me in light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He's shown the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenants and obey his commands. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we begin this Sunday of Advent where we traditionally begin. Normally the first Sunday is the Sunday of hope. And i got to be honest with you, it feels a little weird. It feels like it has been a long, dry spell. For hope. I don't know. I don't know if you felt that way. I remember. I remember October, November, December of 2019, and I'd be talking with people, and they'd say, "Oh, 2019 has been the worst year of my life. I cannot wait for 2020. 2020 is going to be so much better. Oh Lord, help 2020 get here. It can't get here fast enough." And then 2020 came, and said. <laughs> And really, 2020 wasn't the switch that we expected, was it? Then it was, oh, if we can only make it to 2021. 2021 is going to be the golden age. And 2021 came, and it has almost passed. And although things are better, it feels like much of our year was spent with Less, the, less hope than we would have liked. So it's, it feels a little bit odd to speak about hope, but that's exactly what David is proclaiming today. It's exactly what the church around the world is proclaiming today. Whether you are Episcopalian, Presbyterian, Catholic, Nazarene, Methodist, Baptist, it doesn't matter Most churches around the world, whether you are in Africa, France, America, Canada, it doesn't matter. We are proclaiming globally that there is hope. Hope is found, and it's found in one person. It's found in Jesus. That's, that's actually pretty good, isn't it? That's worth getting excited about. But we have our passage with King David today, and he, um, well, honestly, it didn't sound really uplifting. It sounded like, hey, you know, forgive me. God, this is tough. But trust, I trust you. You're going to help me through it. I'm going to hope in you and trust in your unfailing love because that's all I got. And it's hurting. But what can we learn from David today? What can we learn about hope in this Advent season on this acrostic poem that was written thousands of years ago? Well, the first thing I, I think that we can learn is that there's hope in surrender. There's hope in surrender. We hear it in the very first verse. Lord, I, I give my life to you. Now, if you, if you have an NIV, it says, in you, oh Lord, I put my trust. If you have the, the common English Bible, it says, I offer my life to you. It's, it's that same mentality that Paul says in Romans 12 when he says, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. David is saying, God, I give my life to you. Everything I am, everything I hope to be, everything, all of my hopes are in you. Surrender and hope go hand in hand. And hope isn't blind optimism. It's not like, well, I hope I win the lottery. It's not like that. Hope is this merging of our faith that good will prevail. And is Dusty back there? I'm hearing a little bit of a ring. Maybe we can work on that. Are you hearing it? Is it just me? If it's just me, we'll go on. Hope is this this faith that good is going to prevail. It's not just wishful thinking. Our hope is grounded in something. Our hope is grounded in someone. Our hope is grounded in the truth that God is trustworthy. God is our hope. We are people of hope because we are people of God and God is trustworthy and God is where our hope is. And so we can surrender to God. But see, here's what the problem is with surrender. We don't like surrender. Surrender feels like we've been defeated, doesn't it? Surrender feels like I've lost, doesn't it? When we say, I surrender, it usually means we're giving up. I give up. I'm not able to do anything else, so I just surrendered. But the good news of the gospel is, while we see surrender as an ending, God sees surrender as a beginning. And where we see surrender as defeat, God sees surrender as victory. Surrender is the starting point. It's the starting point to this hope of transformation that we have. That God can change us and make us different. So we can say, I give my life to you. With total confidence that you can transform me. You're where my hope is. I'm not strong enough to change on my own. So in you, Lord, I put my trust. In you, I I, I surrender and I trust that you can transform me. And all through the passage, we see this God that transforms, that teaches, that molds, that shapes, that, that helps us. Verse 4 says, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Transform me, God. Transform where I go. I want you to lead me. I want you to change where I'm going and what I'm doing. Verse 5 says, teach me. You're the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. God, teach me. Transform my mind. Make me a person that thinks about you. Cause me to be hopeful in the way I think. Verse verse 6 says, Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your unfailing love. I'm transformed by your compassion and your love. It's this mercy of God that changes me and shapes me. So God, continue to change me by your compassion and make me more of who you want me to be. Verse 7 says... I, Don't remember the rebellious sin of my youth. Remember me in light of your unfailing love. For you are merciful, Lord. God. Change my heart. You remember that old chorus? Change my heart. Oh, God. Make it ever true. God, transform this. Don't just transform this. I need complete transformation. And it's not just about me understanding more. It's about changing my motivations and changing my actions and changing my heart. God, I'm rebellious by nature. But your unfailing love and your mercy can change the way I think and the way I feel and it can change me completely. So hope comes from surrender, and surrender leads to transformation. And we can trust in the transformation of God because God is trustworthy. God is faithful, and God is our hope. You know, this is a psalm that's written by David, but it's really not about David, is it? It's about the goodness of God. It's about the faithfulness of God. It's about the mercy of God. And yeah, David is penning the words. But it's about God's faithfulness. Aren't you thankful that God shows His kindness and His mercy to everyone? It might sound in some of these verses that God is only merciful to the good guys. He doesn't care as much about the bad guys. But if you read it, This is a psalm of repentance, which means that while David is reading it, he would probably be considered what we would put on the bad guy side of the list. Otherwise, he wouldn't need the repentance. Which makes me very careful when I start judging who's good and who's bad. Because I find myself treading that line more than I should, which is why I'm constantly needing to go to God and say, "God, we did we did something good today, and it's only through Your power. Thank You." And there are other times when I say, "God, I missed the mark. I blew it. I didn't mean to. But will You forgive me? I want to. I want to grow. I want to be more like You. Will You change me and forgive me for for the the way that I fell short in this time? And will You make me more like Jesus?" In the next moments, when we call on God with total surrender, here's the hope, folks. God forgives. God restores. God renews our hope. So, So we have this hope. That is found in surrender, which sounds weird, but the surrender is okay because the surrender is leading to transformation. And the transformation that's happening is good because we're being transformed by a good God who is trustworthy and who is faithful. And that transformation by this good God that comes from our surrender, which is our hope, helps us to then be active in the kingdom of God. God is calling us to participate in the restoration process that God has declared. Hope is active. Hope isn't passive. You don't passively hope for something. Hope is always active. Just like God, the hope that we have in God, God's justice is active. God's righteousness is active god's mercy is active god's faithfulness is active and so following god for us is active as well because he is our hope and his hope is always active now here's the problem what do you do when you feel like you have no hope Because all of this sounds fine, and okay, I see it, David, um, what you're writing, or okay, Garen, I hear where you're going with it, but it doesn't help me if I don't have hope. It just sounds like a clanging cymbal. One of the problems that we have when we feel like we don't have hope is we get paralyzed. Have you ever been there? You're so afraid of something or I don't know what to do or i'm i'm i I don't want to be hopeful or I just feel like I have no option, and so you instead of doing something, you do absolutely nothing. Fear paralyzes us, doesn't it my my friend Rick um he's a counselor, and he said, you know we've got to start looking at things differently because so many people talk about the despair that happens around the holiday seasons and 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 they 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 look at depression and they say oh that person is depressed and and he said well you got to remember depression isn't the root cause depression is the symptom they are depressed because they do not feel that there is hope and when you have no hope that is When depression sets in. If you have hope, if you have just, even just a spark, it's enough to keep going. It doesn't mean that your problems are solved, but it's enough to keep going. Depression happens when we lose all hope. And we become paralyzed and we feel like there's no way out. But hope is active. And hope is what we are called to participate in. Hope is how we are supposed to be active. That's why we say we're the people of hope, we're not the people of despair. That's why our very slogan is hope for all. We believe that there's hope. For every single person and hope is found in one person and it is in the triune God who became man, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is our hope. And if we have Jesus, we have hope and we are called not to hoard it like something that we want to protect or we're afraid we'll lose or there's a scarcity issue. No, there is always enough hope to push out and give others hope. Hope is always active. You don't, well, we've been in Matthew 5 for the last year. You don't put light under a bushel. You don't stifle hope. That doesn't give light to anyone. No, you lift off the basket and you let the light shine. And you spread the hope. And you become the hope in the dark world because you have the hope. And you become the hope for someone else and when they say i don't understand what you have it doesn't make sense to me how can you have hope you say oh i'm glad you asked and then you have this beautiful opportunity to introduce them to hope but it doesn't happen if you're paralyzed by your fears it doesn't happen if you don't have the hope within you because you can't give something you don't have. This year, we're reminded that hope has a name. It's the name Jesus. And so we celebrate this first Sunday. We light this first candle and buy it. By Christmas Eve, it'll be about this tall, but it doesn't mean the hope is running out. It just means it's been shining a long time. Christ has come. Christ will come again. And Christ perpetually comes to those who seek him. Um, a lot of people struggle with Advent because they feel like it's only about baby Jesus, which feels weird, or they feel like it's only about some second coming, um, or which is Adventus, which is um, what we are waiting for, this coming of Christ. And that feels strange. And, and, and it feels weird that we're talking about how Christ is perpetually with us. And, and so a lot of people are like, I don't understand this, who was, who is, who is to come. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Um, I had a, a friend give me this great analogy one time. So So pretend like this is a train station. And I'm on the platform of the train station. You with me? You got it? Use your imagination. And the train comes, and the train isn't stopping here for me right now. So the train passes. And it's a long train. And there is a point when I am standing here, and the train has come, hasn't it? And the train is perpetually coming as it passes me. And we got the end of the train the, that is still to come. It was, it is, and it is to come. Does that make sense? That's, that's a good way for you to remember Advent. It's not just about what Jesus did thousands of years ago when he came to earth. It's not just about his second coming, which we believe both of those But the beauty is today, we believe that there is this middle, this liminal space, this threshold where Christ is still coming. Christ is still with us. Christ is still bringing hope. And we know it because we've experienced it in our lives. And our job as active people of faith is to share this hope with others. So today, it's my prayer that sometime during this week you'll have the opportunity to give an account for the hope that you have. That you will live your life in some way this week that somebody says, you're a bit different. What's that about? And when they do, I encourage you not to get defensive or not to get scared or not to make some I'm good at making whimsical comments and moving on. I encourage you to engage in the process because they're asking for a reason. And your job as the light is to spread the light. Your job as hope Hope. All right, Jesus. This is such a beautiful time of the year that you would love us enough to become this God man. We Talk about it and we have terms for it, but God, we don't we don't understand what that means. But I thank you for it. I thank you that you don't just give us hope. You are our hope. I pray that just like this candle. This candle that we've lit in this sanctuary, this candle doesn't do any good to anyone outside the sanctuary if we don't take it with us. And we can't expect everyone to come into where we are. So I pray that you'll make us missional and mindful. I pray that even now, The fire of your hope will burn strong in our hearts so that as we leave this place and we engage with friends and family and co workers tomorrow, who, let's be honest, God, I'm guessing a lot of our co workers are coming back from stressful weekends. I pray that you will help us to be hope and be light. And that when the opportunities arise, That we will be able to explain this hope, this peace, this joy, this love that we have. I pray that you'll give us boldness. I pray that you'll help us to remember that we don't have to know the answer to every question that they're going to ask. We just have to be faithful and share what you've taught us. But it also means that we need to be learning and growing and being transformed in our hearts and in our minds so that we are able to share more and more of your goodness. I thank you that you've not only called us to that, but you are the one that equips us for that. So we're going to trust you, and we're going to be obedient, and we're going to take that next step when that next step arrives. We love you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. The child who came, the king who is returning, and the savior who is with us now. Amen. If you have your communion elements, I know it feels weird sometimes to have communion when we talk about the death of Christ as we're talking about the birth of Christ, but it is a beautiful reminder of the mission of God. And so we celebrate um, the great Thanksgiving the communion um, almost every Sunday. So if you have your elements, I invite you to open them up. I really strongly encourage you to open up the bread side first. Take it from someone who knows. Uh, You don't want to be twisting that open to open the bread later. Um, If you don't have elements, you're welcome to grab them back there. We in the Church of the Nazarene, we believe that this is not our table. This is the table of God. And this is for all who have accepted Christ into their hearts and all who are seeking to know Jesus further. We believe that this can actually be a moment of salvation for you. That you can say, I don't know that I understand it all yet, but I know that I want this Jesus that you're talking about. And that you can even now in this moment ask Jesus into your heart. That's how amazing this table is. And that's why we do it so frequently. So I'm going to ask you just real quickly to bow your heads. And I want to pray for maybe some of you here, maybe some of you online that say, I don't quite know this Jesus yet, but I'm kind of liking this idea of having hope. And if it's found in Jesus, I want to know more about Jesus. So will you pray with me? God, I pray for us now. For those that know you and for those who have yet to know you. For those of us who know you, I pray that you'll help us to remember that uh, this is still your table. We are invited to participate. And I pray that you'll help us to remember that there's always room for more at the table. For those of us who maybe don't know you yet, I pray that this will be a time even now that they'll simply say, God, forgive me. Forgive the things I've done, the things I've thought. Forgive the way I've been living. And Jesus, will you come into my heart even now? And I don't know what the journey is going to look like. I don't know it all, but I know that I want you in my life, Jesus. I want you to transform me, my heart and my mind. And let's grow, help me grow closer to you each day. Pray this in your name. On the night that our Lord was to be betrayed. He met with his disciples. People that had walked and talked with him for over three years. And just when they thought he couldn't say anything more off script. Because Jesus was always going off script with what was traditional. They came to a very traditional moment. Called the Passover. And they went through the movement of the Seder. And then it. At a certain point, Jesus went off script again, and he lifted up the bread. And he said, this bread is my body, which will be broken for you. Take, eat, and be thankful. And then at the right time, he lifted up the cup. He held it up and he said, this this is the sign of the new covenant. They hadn't heard the word new before. They said, oh, it's been the sign of the covenant. And then Jesus said, it's the new covenant. Because what I am about to do is become that sacrificial lamb once and for all. He said, this is the sign of the new covenant. This represents my blood, which will be shed for you. For the forgiveness and remission of sins. Take, drink, and be thankful. God, we thank You. Only a God like You could do something this beautiful. When we look back through our history classes and we see how every other God forced the servants to serve the whims of the God. And then we see you who came not to be served, but to serve. Only a God like you. So we worship you today and we receive these elements Understanding that just like bread and and wine nourish our body, you long to nourish our souls. Just like bread and wine give us strength to continue living, you've called us to go out and be hope and light to the world. We love you. We accept the challenge because we know that we're not doing it alone, that you're going with us. So we thank you for the opportunity to partner with you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Will you stand with me? We sing our benediction here. If you're visiting with us, um, you're welcome just to hear it. If you are regulars with us, I ask you to join along so I'm not singing by myself. And then next week, we light the second candle. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Will you sing with me? We sing
2: hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim. Let your will be done in us.
1: You are the hope bearers. Go be hope. help with?